0: Are you in Psalm 63 very quickly? Psalm 63 verse 1, which is going to be a very simple scripture I open, but it's not the uh, uh, verse of the Bible we're going to read. It says, Oh, oh God, you are my God. Helly will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you Where? In the sanctuary, to see your power, because in this service you will see the power of God, to see your power and your glory. Every form of satanic obscurity over your destiny, this service that shackles will be broken in the name of Jesus. And your glory shall spring forth in the name of the Lord Jesus. But it is, on, it is predicated on your deliberate desire to be thirsty. Food is meaningless to a man that has no appetite. The Bible was clear when it said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. The quality of your life is proportional to the quality of the word of God you eat. You must eat it. Until you eat it, then it can become flesh in your life. And that is the attitude and desire that we have this evening. And we enjoy the delicacy we're going to serve this evening. It's going to be a beautiful banquet. All right. I want to... Do a little flip back, which is my usual manner. You understand that I I don't like to sandwich a a message. I like to take you from where we were because life is a journey. Life is a journey. Whether you like it or not, yes, this year you'll be a year older. It is not based on your expectation. It is the law of life. You will be a year older this year. And whether we like it or not, today is 13th day in the month of January. Meaning we have 252 days to go. It is not in your place to influence that. All you can accept and admit that. What do I make of my journey for the next two hundred and fifty-two days? And I can say, tell you for your child, God was very generous to us, magnanimous to us. In the first day of this year, through the mouth of His servant, unlike in several years that I've been in this church, He didn't give us a promise this year. He didn't give us some sort of a blessing and grab it prophecy. What the Lord gave us this year is a simple road map for the year. Something that you need to work with to take you to that awesome destination. Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention to me very quickly. Map is of no use to a man who is not on a journey. Map is of no use to a man who is going nowhere Map is of no use to a man without a sense of vision. If you are going nowhere and they handed over a map to you, the question it will look like a graph or any painting. Therefore, whoever will place any premium, any significant advantage of the prophecy of this year is to a man who truly woke up in January 1st, like I did with all venom, with all veracity, with all tenacity, with all anger. I stepped into January with a lot of anger. Huh? Because I, what I saw in 2020, it was almost like the plague was set out to wreck and destroy life. And but God has escaped most of us. Some of you are standing here today, not because you prayed about it, but because God still has a use for your life. And so I entered January, and I was so eager and thirsty to know what God wants to say. And I was so profoundly blessed when he said, it is a year of absolute or total dependability on me. And when I heard it, it didn't look on the surface. It looks like an ordinary word. But this is the real message in it. It means that this year, there will be a massive struggle between the will of man and the will of God. You will be contemplating either to follow your will or you depend on God. Situations will design itself in a manner that you will be placing between that difficult choice. Either I follow God or I follow my will. And then to drive home the point in an accurate illustration, the message of the children of Israelite from Egypt to the promised land is a Perfect picture of the entire story of man and the will of man with God. I asked myself, I'm going to start the conversation now, and I want you to really please try and process it like you are God's advocate. I mean, you are devil's advocate. You know, devil's advocate. You want to really imagine. Because while Pastor was preaching on Sunday, and of course I've read that scripture severally, I, I realized that it didn't make any form of sense in my head that a whole set of 600,000 people saw the tangible move of God. Everything about visibility was amplified in their presence. Now, you don't get it. You don't understand it. When you say God stood as a cloud, to this side of the road is fire. And it's not illustration. You know, it's not, it's not the type you are reading now. It's something they literally saw. And on one side of the road, he was a bright light to them. I say here with all meekness in my years of serving God, I have not seen such marvelous, tremendous, visible act of God in my entire life. I have not. I have not seen where the dead has been raised. And I'm being honest here. I have heard, but I have not witnessed one. These people literally saw things that ordinarily should extinguish every iota of doubt and debate about God. Yet, they preferred to go back to Egypt. Honestly, that perplexed me. That got me really thinking. So I want to ask a question. Sincerely speaking, be honest. Devil's advocate. Why do you think they would still have preferred to go back to Egypt? Despite all they saw, maybe you are forgetting something they saw again. I have never witnessed where a river parted. Now, I had, what I just said just undermined the weight of what God did. Because what parted was not a river. It was an ocean, a sea. Now, someone who has never witnessed the barbeach, you have not stood by the barbeach before in your life. There is no way my graphic illustration can paint the imports of what happened on that day. But if you have been to the barbeach and you stood at the shore of the barbeach, and you looked at it to the endless horizon. It has an infinite picture you'll be seeing. In fact, what you will see in this maximum point is where the cloud and the water is meeting, which we call the horizon. And then, a man stood with a rod and parted the whole of that. And 600,000 people walked through it. Now, please, let us also factor this image in our mind that what they walked on was not a flat bed because every sea has a depth that means the depth of the sea could not have been not less than 80,000 feet below and then so they went down steep like this and they went up back and this and that means the water was like a wall a fence and water generally very transparent that means they must have been seen some dolphins some the sharks would you see such things in your lifetime and still doubt god an impossible thing for me. I can't comprehend what happened to the children of Israelites. I can't process it. I wish to get to heaven and ask one of them, how did you get there that you were doubting God? That you you now preferred where they were molesting you, they were tormenting you. You preferred it to where He was taking you. Can someone tell me, what do you think happens to them? It's an interactive Bible study. And we will not come and bring you one question. How old was Peter when he died? That's not the kind of question we do here. We handle things of depth. Things that will galvanize you to go and study scriptures. What do you think happened to them? Because I have my own answers. Where pastor was done on Sunday, that, I started to research. I said, you know, I'm quite friends in Yoruba. And I just say, but can you really make sense? If these people saw these things and they were still in doubt, oh, something must have happened they didn't tell us. Because they are not, they were not insane people now. They were not mad people. Something must have happened. Just the same way, some people right now, right now, they are questioning everything about God. Everyone. if As a matter of fact, some people are in the category of trying God, while some are trusting God. God is not to be tried. God is to be trusted. But let's not, let me not take you too far. What do you think happened? Yeah, help me there. Anyone with a mic, please give to me. Just take about two answers, and I'll give you what I came up with as my answer.
1: Number one, uh, human, being, human beings... What? Uh, human beings. Human beings. Flood. And I think what happened was that they totally forgot how big God was. Um, and, you know, there's... Um, there's a passage in the Bible that says, I think, trust in the Lord with all your heart and forget not benefits. Proverbs yeah. 3. Because what happens is when you begin to forget the things that God has done in the past, or what He has done for you to bring you out of the miracle and, you know, bring you into a spotlight, what, when you begin to forget, then ingratitude, ungratefulness now settles in. And then you begin to think that where you're coming from, you know, is better than where you're going to. So, I'm speaking from, let me, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. Because sometimes when I, I mean, it still happened to me. Too. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm still, um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot I'm still battling with. And I, you know, something the Holy spirit just reminded me that there has been some major battles that I have won for you. You know, there have been some major things that I have brought you out from. How could you have forgotten? So I think that what happened to the Israelites was that they absolutely forgot how great and mighty God
0: Please appreciate her. Uh, memory filled in, memory filled in. Some of us are not far from there also. We forget it's
1: quite I mean, like
0: my former MD we say the good that men do, the good that men do is written on water, but the evil that men do is cast in stone. Memory fill them. Let me save us a lot of stress this evening and let me tell you what I believe happened to them. For me, I haven't taken a very costly look at those guys. I said to myself, one of the reasons why they kept referring to Egypt consistently is simply because number one, Egypt was a familiar zone to them. Now, let's be honest with ourselves. They say a bed at hand is worth more than 20,000 in the forest. Do you agree with that? No. They believe that, look, where we are coming from was more certain and definite. Where we are coming from was clear. There was no preambles. or They don't permutate in Egypt. They can wake up in the morning and they knew exactly what they needed to do. Their life was patterned. Now, you are now taking me on a journey that all you are telling me that is a place called promised land, that nothing in my imagination can paint it out. The unknown is not anywhere close to the impact of the known. What I have at hand, I mean, when you see a boyfriend beating a girlfriend, and you ask the girlfriend, why are you not going? He said, at least I still have one. They are comfortable with what they were familiar with. And the reason why most people will not leave their comfort zone is because the fear of what happens on on the journey. What happens? I should walk out of this relationship to where? I should do this and do what? Because they must have all the answers before they take their steps. The unknown was a major threat for them. Now, I said this to you. God can do all the mesmerizing to mankind. What matters to man is destination. You can come here and do all the prophecy. You will get married. You will give birth. They will, and you bring fire out of the stone. The truth is that all of that will not take away the effect of the image of destination in their mind. Until they get there, they won't believe you. And so God had a problem. And in, I mean, in case you don't know, that project was the first pastoral work ever recorded in the Bible. Pastor God and Congregation Israelites. So, you don't judge the outcome of a church by the number of those who, who were in the congregation. You judge it by the outcome of those who made it to destination. Only two. Now, I walked into the services this, this evening and I saw a lot of children. And then the image came back to mind 600,000 adults. Only two adults made it. All the children made it. 600,000 men. 600,000 men. <laughs> and all the 600,000, only two, two, Pastor God. Pastor God, with all his power and anointing, was able to redeem only two to destination. But all the children made it. So I see all the children in this congregation that will make it. Amen. That, sir, when you were preaching on Sunday, the death was endless. Sir, I see you with the mic, sir. Uh, If Multimedia can give us Romans 1, verse 28, um, it says something that's another aspect to the question you ask, um i'll just read it it says and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge they retained egypt in their knowledge they retained parties in their knowledge they retained their friends and fashion and multimedia and social media in their knowledge But the Bible says they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So God gave them over to a debased mind. Saints of God, let's not talk like we are about to crucify the Israelites. Because we are also on a similar journey to our own promised land. While I was meditating on Pastor's message again, something scared me. You know what scared me? The question popped up in my mind. And I think the, the question should be in your mind right now. The way you are going, would you get to destination? Now, what I've just done is a—it's like an introduction to where we're going. Because the theme of today's message, can I have the slide for today's message? Most of you must have seen it if you are on the platform, the church platform. It's a continuation of the prayer that was sent this morning by the pastor. When I saw this image today, I love whoever painted that guy that stepped out in gold. The guy was excellent. And he left the other guys in black. And the title of today's message is simply separate yourself from the multitude. Separate yourself. And then you will listen to me and make a connection with my first preamble or introduction to what you're seeing right now. But I would like to read the scripture itself. The scripture that came with this prayer. Nehemiah chapter 13. And then we will start our discussion from there. Let me read from the verse 1. Because what you have there is not from verse 1. But I will read Nehemiah chapter 13 from verse 1. Because that will give the, make the picture clearer and broader. On that day, like today... They read from the book of Moses. I'm not reading from the book of Moses. I'm reading from Nehemiah. There is nothing you will be on earth today that you don't have a shadow on top of it in the Bible. Nothing. There is no story. There is no predicament or situation you will go through that there is nobody in the Bible that has not gone through it. So there is no excuse. The outcome is in your hand. Now, on that day, they read from the book of Moses... In the hearing of the people, so the people could hear. And in it was found written that no ammonites if it's your Bible that is with you, I mean the type you can write under, underline the word Ammonites. No Ammonite or Moabite should ever come into the assembly of God. He said why in verse 2. Is said because they had not met the children of Israel with bread and water. Rather than meeting them with bread and water on their transition phase in life, like you are also going through a transition, Moabites and Ammonites are all around us. He said, aside from not giving them bread and water, they now went further to hire Balaam. Against them to curse them. Bad enough, you didn't give me bread and water on my journey in life. You are not helping me, you are not supporting me. Now you are not going further to find sorcerers, to find diviners and enchanters to finally eliminate me. Now, say this to yourself quickly. Spiritual battle is real. It is not meat. It is not a mirage. Spiritual battles are real. Now, Balaam against them to cause them. However, our God, that's a prayer for someone to say, amen. He said, our God, turned the curse into a blessing. Friends, if you are seated here this evening under the sound of the influence of this grace, every curse and enchantment that has be- deviled you up until this moment, by the authority and integrity of this verse of the scripture that you have heard in your hearing, every curse that has held you bound will be converted to a blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. That amen is not like the type I like to hear. And one, and one of these days they will teach you on the implication of causes. You will realize that curse in itself is a terrible negative energy. Now, however, our God turned the curses into a blessing. So it was in verse 3, when they had heard the law, that they separated, hello. In verse 3, when they had heard the law, that they separated all the mixed multitude from Israel. We have all left Egypt, true of us. We have all left what? Egypt. Egypt is an undumbration or a type and shadow of our past life. There are many things you have let go. Some of you let go that even now you say to yourself, God save you if the day when i never born again, you do this kind of thing, I don't finish you. Yeah. You are well aware that something has changed about your nature. You are no longer the prolific liar or the fighter or the quarrelsome human being. You have changed. You have left Egypt. But what is left right now is that you are not yet in the promised land. Like Pastor put it in right perspective. You have left Egypt. Between Egypt and promised land, there is a what? A transition. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And then in the transition journey... There are a lot of things that will happen to man. Like will hear it in the palace on the streets. They say life happens to men. Things like, have you read Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 3 before? That says you have moved around this mountain long enough. Meaning you just keep seeing that things are not going in the order they ought to go. In transition, you are compelled to ask questions that can even be very insulting and degrading. I have met a woman who said because I've been so delayed in this whole idea of getting married that I asked myself, am I a woman? I say, hey. Transition, ladies and gentlemen, a whole lot will test you and, and test and put everything in your life to check. Everything. Now I understand. Now listen to this truth. Now I understand why not too many people survive transition. Not too many people. Not too many people. Not, now, can we agree on, on, in, this, on this, in this conversation that it is not every woman who really believes God for fruit of the womb will truly win the battle of fruit of the womb before she dies. You agree with me? Not too many people win the battle of the transition. But what we heard on Sunday was a road map, an instruction that guarantees your delivery to the promised land. And one of them we're touching on today is, ladies and gentlemen, for the fact that we sit together, for the fact that we shake hands together, for the, t- for the fact that we attend the same church in the same department, it does not mean we are the same. There are multitudes always around. Have you ever entered a bus? In those days, we used to enter a commercial bus. And then in the bus going from Yanokpaja to CMS, it's a very long distance. And in the bus, they will start a conversation on Nigerian politics. And then everybody starts to talk. Ah, this country. If you enter that bus along the road, you can almost walk with the impression that everybody in that bus, they are friends and family. If you are not careful. The way they will talk and interact. Hey, hey, Nassau. hey. hey Nigeria. And you will, if you are not careful, you think they've known each other for years. But you know what happens? When they get to CMS, what follows? Everybody will find their way. At the time they were together, they could not tell who was going to who, where, when, how. All they had in common was the boss. Friends, in the journey of life, multitudes are bound to be around us. And today I want to draw your attention to two categories of multitude that were mentioned in Nehemiah 13. He said, number one, he said there were some people called the Ammonites. I call them the woo of multitude. Who is a multitude? A question you would ask. Then the next thing he said, the Moabites. I call them the what? What is a multitude? Because every multitude is not a person. Every multitude is not a person. The multitude can be you with your temper, bitterness, unforgiving attitude that you got to separate from. Let us then ask a question. What are the characteristics of a multitude? How do you identify when you see someone that has the emblem or the behavior of a multitude? Because they are here, the answer is here. But let me hear from you. Have you met a multitude before? The mixed multitude. Have you been... For example, let me give you a very, very interesting illustration. I never imagined this in my entire life as a student on campus. That somebody can enter from under level, pretend to do matriculation with us. We fake a matriculation number and we do it for the entire four years till graduation. Meanwhile, it was never a student. Oh, you are in doubt of such things. I saw it live on campus. The day we used to know them is when they, po- they post call-up, call up, posting. They are real, mixed multitude. Looking like you, but no, they're not like you. They sound alike, they speak alike. Can someone ask, answer this question. Can you give me characteristics of a mixed multitude? Anybody? Characteristics of a mixed multitude. Oh, you know it. Let me give you some example. If you want to know who is a mixed multitude, One of the first things you look out for is that they are very good gist about what is happening. They are not making anything happen, but they gist about everything that is happening. Listen, I'm I'm being honest, and I'm speaking from a practical practical point of view. As a man that is on the streets, I'm a businessman. When you meet them one-on-one, anywhere, in any environment, they start the gist of, if you enter this church and you by chance met with one of the mixed multitude, it will tell you all the history of Grace Korah. It will tell you the history of the church, everything. And then if you finally ask him, which department are you? They are very educated with history. They have a lot of facts. As a matter of fact, if you sit beside them in church, they know the name of every family member of the church. Ah, that is Mrs. Ogundari. Ah, that is Mr. John. Ah, ah, ah. you know Mr. John has been in this church for four, for four years? They know so much, but I know the truth about them that does not make them the right person. They had very minimal value to the church. Okay, that is the characteristics of the multitude. Can I tell you another crisis of the multitude? As a matter of fact, this is the part that scares me. They stay longer in the church than the people that have good intention in the church. They don't go easily. No matter what you do, no matter how we do it, they, are, they form their ground. They say, i going nowhere. Here yeah, is our home. I die here. You know I got to know that? The parable of the seed, the tar, and the wheat. The Bible said, Ah, there is a tar amongst the wheat. Let them grow together. Now, don't lose the thought, don't lose the point. Multitudes, mixed multitudes can be. A person or a thing in you, you, you yourself, there's a mixed multitude in you, the voice of doubt and the voice of faith. Now, so then they talk, say now, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I saw one recently, he was trying to bring all the prophecy all the men of God brought out last year. He said, look at all the prophecy they brought, none of them has come to pass. That, 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 that person, hey, the day obeying God becomes a burden, then you can forfeit the blessing. You are a moving mixed multitude. Today you are on fire. Tomorrow something happen you just go down. One moment you feel like giving. Next moment, what are they doing with the money? Yeah. You are a mixture. So there is a mixed multitude of a person. And there is a mixed multitude of you living in you. that as I'm talking here. Some people, they are hearing me with the ear of the Spirit. Some people are hearing me with another ear. And they are saying, Pastor Steve, let us go home. Yeah? Let us understand something quickly here. The profound instruction you saw in Nehemiah as the solution... So mixed multitude, either as a person or in you, is what separates from them. Ebenezer, we sing a song. How you behaved last year. Look at the outcome. This year, why don't you change? Like they say, if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and you expect the same result, they say that is the rehearsal of insanity. You got to change something about your spiritual appetite this year. I met a man, two weeks, like on the second, and I said, what is your new year resolution? Mama, do you know what he told me? He said, man, I'm committed to win 1,000 souls this year. You know, such a man, and we hang around him because he's going to inspire everything in me. You, sincerely be honest because the two channels of blessing to man. Listen to this truth. I didn't write it in Matthew 6.33. I didn't write it there. He said, this is the only reason man can be blessed, his children. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek. When you read it, read it where. Well. There is a first there. Seek first the kingdom of God and their behavior. The next thing you will read is the what? Then all these things that you have made your own first will be added to you. So the grand solution to every permanent problem of a man is to change the order. Don't put your problem first. Put the kingdom first. Then yours become and shall be added unto you. So you would agree that a man left a man left Nigeria. And all of a sudden, he was a prayer warrior in Nigeria. When he got to America, he said he lost his fervency for prayer. I said, no, you didn't lose fervency for prayer. What change was that? When you were here, you were praying for things that were meaningless and not. Things that were not important. Let there be light. Let there be network. Let there be good road. Let me see a bus. Those were your catalog of prayer. You now got to a world where you are marveled when light stayed for seven days, a typical Nigerian who gets over there, after one month or one week, they ask, don't they take light here? You now now stroke it out of your prayer point. You then say to yourself, I want to get to Dallas. And you check it on Google. They said two hours, 15 minutes. And you enter there, and exactly two hours, 15 minutes, you go to Dallas. You have taken Lord every spirit of traffic on the way, you have taken it away. Now pay attention. You are still a fervent prayer person, but the useless prayer points disappeared when you got to a better environment. It's Matthew 6:33 is as old as time. If God can become the first, your prayer life will reduce by default. If you enter the church and we are not saying this. You came for an event. I could I have met a man who says his New Year resolution is to register. Now, listen to me. He didn't say I want to win solo because the, the real instruction for soul winning is that your soul may abide, John 15. It is not, come, come, come. It's that they are planted and they abide in the kingdom. God read it in John 15. He said I want to have a thousand souls for this year. When I was compared to now, I asked him, which church do you attend? Filling the gap. But you know the truth? It's not about our church. If you can adjust your priority this year, just a little, and let God have a, a, a reasonable chunk, your prayer life will come down. You will see less mountains. You will see more glory. The antidote to walk away from mixed multitude is what? separation. And I said this sincerely speaking. I close on separation. Friends, I can't explain how Joshua and Caleb escaped being lynched by the remaining ten that were with them. You don't understand the profile of those people in Numbers chapter 13. They were the best leaders of each of the 12 tribes. And the Bible said they were given the same assignment and they came back seeing differently. Hmm. Given the same as, let me tell you the truth. Somebody entered this church one day, it's a confession made. He entered this church for the first time one day. He said, wow, church look fine, by." Can I tell you what's wrong here now? somebody has been coming here for four years he has probably never seen it to be that beautiful and i said yeah my pastor is excellent you know he's very aesthetic he's a you know he's fine he's a fine man also you know he said but with all these aces <laughs> listen he said with all these aces would they be able to pray here yeah? i said and i was curious at that point he said what's the connection between the ac and prayer he said, because where I'm coming from, the more discomfort you experience in prayer, the more they believe God will answer them. So, they will carry a chair, holua, 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 and then they will be sweating because they were told that that is the formula to get God's attention. So, he was cool. So, he sat down. He sat down, and I can say that. In the first 13 minutes where pastor was preaching, all he was doing was, was looking around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He said, God is here. I said, since? <laughs> there is something called forceful separation. And the good news is that the boy still sits here every Sunday. pastor won't notice him. It was one of the others from Oluchosun. The boy sits here, tall, light complexion guy. He sits here. He's been here since last... Since last year, and it's been seated here. The last time he spoke with my wife, he said, My life has changed. And I'm not giving you a vague testimony. What that boy did was he yanked himself. Forceful yanking from forces that wanted to alter his destiny. You cannot separate from someone by negotiation. You yanked yourself. For example, you look at your social media. Every time you see the image of somebody, your heart goes weh, You go depressed and sad. What are you supposed to do? Yank yourself away. This fellow is not communicating positive energy to me. But you know what you do? You will leave it and you enter depression and resentment. The instruction this year is separate yourself from people that are not influencing you positively. And it's not done by negotiation. It's not done by uh, you know. I don't want to talk to you again. I've been talking to you since the past five years. Nothing has happened in my life. It doesn't work that way. You just take a very bold walk away. What we saw here is that it walked away. Let me quickly give you why must I separate myself? Why must I separate myself? First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. Gives a very good reason why you must separate yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And I need you to pay attention to that. It just buttresses the fact that life remains a race and the race, the race, the race is governed by rules. You obey, you can't leave your life to a chance or you miss out on everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that those who run in the race of 2021? All of them run, in a mixed multitude, in normal multitude, everybody run. That is the part that scares me. He said, but one, only one. Is God not a God of number? He's only telling you that there is nothing called our race. It's my race. There is nothing called our battle. It's my battle. There is nothing called our salvation. It's my salvation. Your father is a doctor. Does not make you a doctor by default. Your father is a lawyer, does not make you a lawyer. Every man, but one, receive the race. How? He said, Run in such a way that you may obtain. That means there is a way you need to run. The second characteristics of the mixed multitude, the obedience to instruction is not convenient with them. That is the first, second trait you notice in them. The first trait, they know the history of a place. So they are going to engage you in the history of what is happening in any place. This thing is not just in church, even in workplaces. The second characteristic of a man you should walk away from. Someone who argues with instruction. Pastor said we should fast. So I want to ask the question, because it was part of my thoughts. Pastor said we should fast. How many of us have been fasting? How many of us have not been fasting? Let me me surprise you a little. Let me surprise you a little. How many of us have been fasting from morning till about 4? Because until I met a brother that said, ah, me, I'm fasting but by 10, I must eat. Now, listen to this. He said, because if I don't eat, I'm not myself. Oh. I can't be okay. I can't just be okay. You know, it's me, oh. it's me. It's not, it's not, it's not my body. Then I remember the scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. He said, the man, the man begged to receive his birthright back with tears. He said, why? Because his belly has become his god. Some of you need to, your own mixed multitude is your belly. You chop too much. Take it Hebrews chapter 12. He, what gave this soul out was his belly. Nothing would have killed him if he held his appetite that day. The instruction of the man of God, waits on the Lord for how many days? You know what? I, I was thinking about the senior pastor's job. I said the pastor's job is as easy as the obedience of the congregation. If every member obeys the instruction of the pastor, the pastor's job will be very easy. You know that's true. You know why? Because when the man of God says, wait on the you know, fasting is not a choice. In your popular Matthew, chapter seven, he said, How they say, Why are your disciples not fasting? And he answered them, How can they fast when the bridegroom is with them? He said, When, when the bridegroom leaves, they will fast. Then, in case you are not confused, must have fast. He now took it to Isaiah chapter 58 and said that you need to fast, oh, because some things will not go away until you fast. And you are not telling the person that gave the instruction, me, I don't play with my belly, I must shop. You must shop. The second characteristics of the mixed multitude, they argue with instructions. I, no, I can't come, I can't come home. You know the part that I me about the mixed multitude. They don't like to be alone. Uh, Pastor said we should do this. Eh, shh, you go do it. you go do it. Please, how did it become our instruction? I mean, I've seen things. Uh, and I realized that these people that are cancerous in nature, they are so loud and effective. They're so loud and effective. And that's one of the reasons why the, the, the farmer told them, don't pluck them. Because as they agree together, if you go and pluck one, you will pluck it to let them grow. Because until you are mature to yank yourself, you can't separate from the mixed multitude. Charaxarxes of one of the characteristics of the mixed multitude that they defy instruction with ease. Number two, Charaxarxes. Listen to this truth. That you have to depart from them because all... The crowd, all that the mixed multitude carry is a, is a strange familiar spirit. I was trying to study the spirit of Caleb and Joshua, and I realized that the spirit is a composition of two things self discipline and fearlessness. That's all they had. Joshua and Caleb, they, when we say, and God said they had another spirit in Mark, in that Numbers chapter 14, he said they had another spirit. And I was trying to break down the meaning of under spirits. What I saw in the breakdown is that they had discipline and they had they were fearless. So whoever will deliver himself from a mixed multitude must be fearless and must be very disciplined. In fact, in any case, no great destiny is accomplished on the platform of an indisciplined person. Discipline is a virtue. Now, if you want to check scripture in number 1424, uh, check scripture in number, 20, uh, number 1424, let me just quickly show you that. Another spirit makes a difference that makes you walk away from the mixed multitude. What's the first trait of a mixed multitude? They talk about what is happening, and they don't make anything happen. They are rumor mongers. Number two traits of qualities of a mixed multitude is what? They argue with instruction, with ease, and try to influence as many people possible not to obey. As a matter of fact, sincerely speaking, 600,000 people did not just die. They died under the influence of the mixed multitude. What is the number three characteristics of the mixed multitude? They have familiar spirits at work in them. I don't want to go into some very funny illustration that I've encountered here. When you be seated in, I mean, you be seated after service, and somebody just come and meet you, you Said the Lord said to me, the Lord said to me. And I, I, I one came one day, a young lady. I said, oh gosh, i go. Oh, read me as a pastor. The spirit in you didn't have a restraint. And you came to tell me God said something to you. I said, I hope you have not said this to too many people in church. He said, no, the Lord just led me. He let him not lead you again. Now listen to this. Someone with a timid spirit will not say what I've just said. If Joshua and Caleb were timid, they would follow the bandwagon. They look straight into the eye of the lady. Say, ah. Whatever God has not said from 9 o'clock that the service starts to 11 o'clock. Is it after, after the service, you will not come and inform you something else to tell me? The man of God stood here two Sundays ago said, I am the prophet to your life. God did not hesitate to bury 600,000 people. He didn't do him any harm. He saved two. And no remorse. Ladies and gentlemen, to detach from this multitude, you need to be fearless and need to have discipline. But if they see you as the jelly in the house, like someone said, if someone can gossip me about, can gossip me to you, and both of you are laughing. You were never my friend. You were never. You were never my friend. Mixed multitude. I close quickly. People who are going nowhere don't deserve your attention. People who are heading nowhere don't deserve your attention. So, the first question you ask a man you meet for the first time is where are you going? What is your vision? Very critical. With that, you can run your, your race with ease. People were very deliberate in being an hindrance to your destination. I'm referring to Numbers chapter 13. Ammonites and the Moabites. They were going nowhere, but they were ready to stop the Israelites. They were ready to stop them. They were deliberate in being an hindrance to them, not offering them any form of kindness. And then finally, they chose to use the sorcerer to destroy them. Everyone who wants to perform sorcery on your destiny, everyone will disgrace them in the name of Jesus. The focus in this message today is if you will get to the promised land, it will not be our journey. It will be my journey. Never you look back and say, But the king that gets to hell is what? Is wide. Where you have what? The mixed multitude. Saints of God, destination is real. But the real question is, how would you get there? Because it's not in numbers. I have made up my mind that the remaining two fifty-two days of this year, for example, let me give you one target. There are 52 Sundays in this year. And there are 52. Is it 52? Yeah. 52 Sundays of a year, 52 Wednesdays of a year, one of the things you can do differently is count the number of Sundays you will not miss or number of Wednesdays you will not miss. Count the number of Wednesdays you will not miss. But I can bet you mixed multitude will make you miss everything. I have, I have seen somebody who was coming to church. I, have, I, I could not process it in my head. And do you know what he did? Sister Sarah, remember Mrs. The person was on his way to church and he called a friend. Are you coming to church today? The person said, "Me, I'm actually very tired though. Do you know what this clown did? He turned. He said, I want you church. go Sincerely speaking, no matter the amount of prayer the man of God prays there is already symptoms and guarantee that this fellow will not enter the promised land. As I speak, your heart is telling you how the influence of some people have debarred you from destination. You you met a young man who was in love with you and you now carry his name to a prophet to go and get approval. You know, the cloak of the mixed multitude, it's amazing that you need some form of superior discernment to get away from them. How can a man turn his car around? Why? Because one of the things he achieves in church is gisting after service. And because that gist partner won't be around, he turned. Let this year be a new year that you run your race knowing that you are accountable to Jesus alone. You know the irony of things, no matter how many people die in a bus accident, each one of them will not appear to God as a crowd. They will appear to God one one So where is Barakbo coming from? This year is not a year to joke. It's a year of absolute dependability on God alone. And it is not our dependability. It is my dependability. The focus is mixed multitude. At this point, I want you to rise on your feet. And you are going to take that prayer very well. Can I have this slide back? Because the prayer is in the slide. What we are discussing today has been the reason why so many people have not accomplished anything in life. And let me also say with honesty, yeah, it is not just about even leaders in church. Pastors can begin to get influenced by multitudes. I've seen it. Someone closed down his church because the other church is bigger. And I wish he read the story pastor shared. It is the who will get to destination that is the appraiser point, not the crowd that followed. You came here today and God has said a word to you. I want you. Isaiah chapter 51. He said, Abraham alone I called. And Sarah, your mother, I hewn out. It is not our battle. It's your fight. And with God on your side, you will win. I need you to look at that prayer and say, Lord, I choose to separate myself from the mixed multitude and draw closer to you in 2021. That is the grand prayer for a whole year. The closer you are to him, they guaranteed your victory in life. Lift your hands to heaven. And say, Father, if there is any mixed multitude in my life that is injuring my closeness to you, if there is something in my heart that is just discouraging me from following you, if there is a thought, something I think about that gets me disconnected from you, If there is a sinful habit in my soul that when I commit that sin, I don't feel like coming close to you again, what is that internal mixed multitude? And you will say, Lord, eliminate all these mixed feelings in my heart. You are not a God I want to try, you are a God I want to trust. I want to trust you with my entire life. I have no reason to question what you are doing. If you could take me out of Egypt, all I need to do is follow you, I will get to the promised land. There is no point questioning you whether I hurt Quail, whether I hurt this. All I need is to follow the cloud. The cloud is going. Once your eyes is on the cloud, you will not listen to the crowd. Lord, my eyes are on you. In 2021, no matter what is happening left and right, no matter the good or the bad, the man of God said it's going to be a strange year. And strangeness necessarily does not mean evil things. It depends on the side that you are. Lord, I am on your side. Every strange thing that will happen, Lord, my eyes will be focused on you. I will look up to you from whence cometh my help. My help comes from you alone. I refuse to give in to discouragement and fatigue and the voices of liars. Lord, I want to come closer to you. Bring me closer to you. I hunger for you. I thirst for you. I desire you more and more. Every encounter with you is all that will change my life. The heaviness in my soul will melt away in your presence. Yes, Lord. The heaviness in my heart, the confusion in my heart will give way in your direction. As I come close to you, you illuminate me with your light and I can see and I can go forward. Lord, there is nothing you cannot take care of. There is nothing you cannot take care of. Father, bring me closer to you. He said, come closer to me. Come closer to me. Come closer to me. It is when you come closer, then you can see me. Lord, I come closer to you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we appreciate you for this hour. Hour that you have eliminated every confusion and burden and worry, all washed away in your presence. Father, thank you, Lord. I give you praise and glory. Thank you for the strength of today. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. I want you to take that confession, take it as a confession, lift your right hand to heaven and say, Lord, I choose to separate myself from the mixed multitude and draw closer to you in 2021. Now grant me success in all things in Jesus' name. If you believe that prayer, say good amen. If you believe you say better amen. I want to be there after tonight's You will walk your walk, you will run the race. You will not be tired, you will be strong. Nothing is strong enough to take God out of your life. Trust God all the way. He will not disappoint you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed.